Welcome to day five, our last day of looking at James chapter one. We're going to be looking at verses 22 to 27 today. We've been talking all week about how faith works. Faith makes a difference in our lives. It works when you have problems. It works when you have doubts. It works when temptations come. And today, as we look at these verses, they talk about how faith works to get us to be the kind of person that God wants us to be. It works to change my actions. If the Bible doesn't change the way I act, if God's truth doesn't make a difference in, in who I am and what I'm doing, then I really am I'm not listening to it. But when I listen, it will change the way I act. L- listen to what these verses say. James 1, beginning in verse 22. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like a man who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself, goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But the man who looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues to do this, not forgetting what he's heard, but doing it will be blessed in what he does. These verses talk about the blessing of looking at God's word and letting it change our actions. And then we're blessed in what we do. Faith works to change my actions. We're really following up on what we ended with yesterday. As we talked about temptation We talked about the fact that one of the main ways that you defeat temptation, close the door on temptation in your life, is to accept the word, to let God's word speak to your life. And Paul, after saying that, makes very clear what he means when he says accept the word. He's not talking about just knowing about the Bible or just knowing the facts of the Bible. You can know about the Bible and know the facts of the Bible, and it won't make one bit of difference in your life. He's talking about acting on it, trusting God, and doing what God says, acting upon what you hear. Remember at the beginning of the week, we said verse 22 is really the theme verse of James. Don't merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. There can be something deceptive about going to church sometimes. I know that may sound strange, but it's true. We go to church and we sit and we listen to a sermon. And if all we do is listen, we don't ever do anything about it. The Bible says we're deceiving ourselves. We may feel like we have more faith because we listen to somebody talk about the Bible, but faith works when I do something about it. Faith works when I act upon what God has said to me. So a great question every time you're coming out of church is, God, what do you want me to do about that? What one little prayer, what one little thing, what one big thing, what one great prayer, what do you want me to do about that? Because hearing without doing is a deceived faith. You think you're changing, but you're only watching. These verses talk about how to be a good listener, how to listen to God's word in a way that makes a difference. And basically they say, they they give this picture of a mirror and they say, don't glance, do gaze. Don't just glance in a mirror. Somebody who listens but doesn't do what what it says is like a person who glances in a mirror and walks away and has no idea what they just saw. They have no recollection of what they just saw. It goes in one ear and out the other. It goes in your mind and out the back. You don't even remember this last week's sermon. You don't even remember what you read in the Bible this morning because you haven't done anything about it. I don't know about you, but I remember the parts of the Bible that I do. I can hear a sermon and forget it just as easily as you can. But when I do something about it, then I then I remember it. So you don't just glance. And people are, are good at glancing. We sort of graze our way through the Bible sometimes. You know, We do it with television. We, we graze a little bit of this channel, a little bit of this channel. We channel surf all the way through. But the basic principle is this. We forget what we glance at. Our, our, our brain is just too much of a filter. So you need to not glance. You need to gaze. 
Did you hear those verses, verse 25? You look intently. It means you take time with the Bible. You don't just go over the surface of it. You look intently. And the best way to look intently into God's word is to say, what does God want me to do? You look intently into God's word as you ask, what do you intend to do? Because you've just read God's word. You gaze into it. The basic principle is this. We become what we gaze at. Whatever you're spending the most time thinking about, whatever you're spending the most time gazing at, you're going to become more and more like that. It's going to become more and more important to you. And faith changes the way that we act. But how does it do that? It does it as we gaze into God's word. That's the action that God tells us to take in order for faith to change the way that we act. And you know what I've learned? I've got to do this every day. I can't depend on yesterday's gazing or last year's gazing or five years ago gazing. I've spent a good amount of my life as a pastor studying God's word and gazing at God's word. But I can't depend on what happened in the past to get me to have faith today. It's a daily decision. Just like you look into a mirror every day when you get up in the morning to say, how do I look? And let me make sure my hair and everything else looks right. You look into God's word every day because you need it every single day. A lot of us wouldn't dare go out into the world without looking into a physical mirror. We want to make sure we look okay, but we don't look into the mirror of God's word. And so our heart is bitter or our mind is selfish. And we, we don't look maybe ugly on the outside, but the ugliness on the inside is coming out. We've got to gaze into God's word every single day. If you're not looking into God's word, gazing into it, it's not going to work to change the way that you act. If you're trying to change the way you act without gazing into God's word, won't work. On the other hand, if you're looking at God's word without it changing the way that you act, you're glancing and not gazing. You start to gaze. God, what do I intend to do based on my intently looking into your word? Now, we're talking about how faith acts. And James goes on to give a, an example of that. He talks about real religion and what it means. L- listen to what he says beginning in verse 26. If anyone considers himself religious and yet does not keep a tight rein on his tongue, he deceives himself and his religion is worthless. Religion that our father accepts as pure and faultless as this, to look after orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself from being polluted by the world. It's interesting, these verses talk a lot about religion, one of the few places in the Bible that this word is used so often. What is religion? We often think of it as uh, some denomination of churches, but the idea here of religion is the outward working of my inward worship. Religion is what I do on the outside based, based on my worship of God internally. It's the expression of my worship. The Greek word here, thriskia, has to do with the outward expression of your worship of God. And these verses talk about false religion and true religion. We all know about fake religion, just empty tradition. James, throughout this book, is going to go after some false teachers who were claiming that faith was more a philosophy than a lifestyle. And he says, that's that's false religion. If it doesn't change the way you talk, if it doesn't change the the way you treat people with your words, then that's worthless. Why even say you have religion, he says? No, real religion, he says. And, And then he gives two identifiers. He says, real religion is looking after orphan and widows, orphans and widows in their distress, and it's also keeping oneself unstained and unpolluted by the world. Now, that's not an exhaustive list, but it's a balanced list. Did you notice? 
He talks about the fact that there's something we do on the outside, our conduct, taking care of orphans and widows, but also something that happens on the inside, our character. True religion isn't one or the other. It's both. It's both conduct and character. To say, I'm doing great on the outside, ah, I know my character's not so bad, so good, but at least I'm doing good things for people. That's not true religion, he says. And to say, oh, I'm really doing well on the inside. I, I've got a great character going on, but you never do anything for anyone else. He says that's not true religion either. It's both. You care for orphans and widows in their distress, for people that are unable to meet their own needs. And note, James is saying here, this is an act of worship. Now, the interesting thing there is that means we, we do this together as a church body. Widows and orphans are not just the responsibilities of individuals in the church who might have adopted an orphan or have a widowed mom or a widow or dad. They're the responsibility of the whole church. What does that mean? When you see someone who's worn out with helping an aging parent, you help them. And if you're worn out from helping an aging parent and somebody offers to help you, you let them because it's our mutual responsibility. We're not meant to do this alone. It's an expression of worship of the body of Christ. You care for those who are unable to meet their own needs, orphans and widows in their distress. But you also keep oneself unstained, unpolluted by the world. You recognize that God can meet your needs. This goes back to what we said about temptation. I recognize that God has my best interest at heart and he will meet my needs. This balance is, is, is very vital. You care about the world, but you're not polluted by the world. You're in the world, but you're not of the world. True religion is the outward working of our inward worship. It's expressing what's happened in our hearts because Jesus is Lord. It's expressing what's happened in our hearts because we know that God created us. It's expressing in our actions what's happened in our hearts because we know that God loves us. In one sense, religion is saying to the world, this is what I do because God loves me. I know there's lots of other definitions of religion out there. That's the Bible's definition of religion. So you may have never prayed this. I want to pray together today that God would help us to be more religious. God, help us. Help me to be truly religious. Not, not a religion that's filled with long-sounding names and long-standing traditions. God, help me to outwardly express the love that I have for you. Help in my life, worship not just to be something internal, help it to be an ex external expression to the world around me. Lord, help me to care about those nobody else cares about. Instead of thinking I don't have time, help me to realize these are people that you made. God, do something in my heart that helps me to care. And God, help me to decide to keep myself unstained, unpolluted by this world to realize that with all the world offers that seems so great and so wonderful, the truth is you can meet all my needs and the world cannot. Help me to trust in you today. Lord, help me to be more religious, truly religious. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, make sure you join us next week. We'll be studying James chapter 2 together. That is the chapter that talks about faith without works is dead. See you next week.